whether to write an RFP for E or B selection or not will always be subject to debate. And that's what we are going to discuss in this podcast. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. My name is Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. We help our clients with ERP strategy, ERP selection, ERP implementation. On that note, let's get back to today's topic, which is going to be the top 10 critical components of the ERP selection RFP in 2023. When you look at different companies, the way they approach ERP selection, sometimes they are going to feel that if they are going to write an RFP, they are not sure if that is going to frighten the vendors. And sometimes they might feel that, you know what, we can directly go to the demo. The reason why uh, RFP is beneficial is because number one, whatever details you are going to be providing them in meetings, that is typically going to be wastage of time during your selection process. So if you can document that, that is going to help align everybody's expectations in terms of what you are expecting from a project. So even if you don't have the formal step of the RFP response, writing an RFP is is still going to be critical for you. So let's get back to today's topic, which is going to be the top 10 critical components of the ERP selection RFP in 2023. So let's look at the list. Number 10 on our list is the selection process. And when we say selection process, this is going to be the process that you are going to follow for the ERP selection itself. Sometimes when companies look at this, I mean, they are not going to include the formal process and the vendors might not take the RFP seriously just because they might feel that, you know what, you are doing this RFP only for data gathering. Uh, or you may have already decided on the RFP and you might be simply wasting their time. And believe it or not, the good vendors are super selective in which projects they want to compete in. So the more transparency that you are going to have with your selection process, the more savvy vendors you are going to find and the more streamlined your ERP projects is going to be. Now, overall, how it helps is communicating the seriousness of the project, not spelling out the selection process. If you don't spell, then some vendors might not choose to respond and not including the right amount of details. Some companies do include the selection process, but they might not be including the right amount of details. And sometimes that comes across uh, as the red flag for the vendors as well not agreeing on the steps of the selection process. Sometimes it might, you might take forever and you might come across as very confused. Uh, They might feel that you might be kicking tires and you might not really want the ERP project. And that's why they might disengage. They might not support, especially the good vendors. So that's why spelling out selection process is super critical. And that's number 10. 
Number nine on our list is the proposal evaluation criteria and delivery instructions. And believe it or not, when you are not going to include the delivery instructions, there might be a lot of confusion. The same thing goes for the proposal evaluation criteria as well. Uh, the reason why this is really important is because sometimes the vendors might be tailoring the presentation from their perspective that might not resonate or you might not be able to relate with it. So if you are going to include the evaluation criteria, they sort of know what is important for you so that they can cover the details and and you are going to be measuring all of the vendors with the same criteria so you are not going to be as confused as you are going to be let's say if you did not provide any sort of instructions so that's why proposal evaluation criteria is going to be super critical in documenting as part of the rfp so that's number nine <music> Now, number eight on our list is the current team and org chart. Typically, when you are going to speak with many different vendors and depending upon how many you are including, sometimes you might include just a couple. Sometimes you might include many just because you want to make sure that you are looking at everything. Anytime when you are going to start a meeting, you are probably going to spend hours just with the introductions. So when you are going to be including the team and the org chart as well as details, you might still spend some time with the introductions, but at least that is going to level set overall in terms of how many people are going to be involved with the selection process, what are going to be their roles and responsibilities. The vendors can tailor the presentation aligned with each of the team members, their roles, responsibilities, and uh, most of the ERP workflows are going to be super complex for people to be able to understand. So if they understand what everybody's role is, they can explain from their perspective. And that's why including the current team org chart, who's going to be part of the demo, who's going to be part of the selection process, how you are going to be making decisions is super critical. And that's number eight. Number seven on our list is the general guidelines. And these general guidelines are going to be in terms of what you want them to highlight, whether it is going to be any sort of add-ons, integrations, or it could be some of the legal issues, whether you talk about copyright or covering the cost of the selection process versus any sort of POCs evaluation. If there are going to be any boundaries there, you may want to cover that. So in most cases, companies are going to cover some sort of general guidelines, but most of the time, they include details that are going to be boilerplate and then they might miss out on the critical elements. So that's number seven. Number six on our list is the business goals and business goals are the outcome that you are expecting from the project that is super critical to include as well. And the reason for that is because it is going to help connect the dots for the vendors. They are going to vet the requirements and they are going to feel, okay, what are you trying to get out of this project? Obviously, this is going to help them understand whether you are heading in the right direction or not, whether you really know what you are doing, whether uh, the project that you are doing is going to deliver on these goals or not. It is also going to help them whether the, the product that they are trying to position, it's going to be right fit for these business goals. So that's why outlining business goals is super critical. Uh, so that's number six. <music> Number five is the business challenges. And these business challenges are going to be the challenges that you are facing at this point of time. Those are the drivers why you would consider the ERP project. Make sure you are being specific about those challenges, whatever challenges you are facing and you are utilizing a product to get to your business goals. That's how vendors are going to evaluate 
again, whether you are serious about the project or not, whether their product is going to be right fit. And if they don't feel their product is right fit, they might not choose to compete. So you might get a lot of false positives as well as false negatives. So that's why identifying clear challenges uh, is super critical for the RFP as well. And that's number five. Number four is the future state of business. And this is going to be your 2B state in terms of what you are trying to get out of the project overall from the process perspective. And you might not know all of your future needs at this point of time, but it is still critical to include whatever you might know as of today. The reason for that is because if you are going to include everything as is, the way you might be doing your business as of today, they might feel that those are the requirements and their solution might not be a fit. But those could be the broken processes or broken data that might be driving your business requirements as a play, but you don't want to have them in the future state of the business processes. So that's why outlining how you are going to change your system, uh, what is going to be your need. Some of the requirements that you may have in your businesses, for example, let's say you have been getting a lot of new requirements for a new production process, or maybe you have a new customer type that you don't know how to handle. Maybe you had a very ad hoc way of handling that particular customer. So now you want to make sure that this particular customer instance or the inventory instance or the project instance is included as part of the model and you have defined process for that. So that will change a lot of requirements overall from the future perspective. So you might want to outline all of that. And that's what is the future state of the business. And that's number four. Now, number three on our list is the current state of business and the current state of business is going to be super critical as well. Sometimes you might feel that, you know what, if you are going to reveal a lot of current requirements, you might confuse them, but they need to understand this. And the current as well as future, both are going to be equally critical. They go hand in hand. If they don't understand how you are doing business as of today, it might not provide them the complete picture. And that's why you need to include both of them. So even though your goal is to really change the current requirements, you still want to include the relevant details because they will need these details for migration purposes. So still, even if the current uh, details might not be as relevant, you still want to include them with a clause that they are probably not going to be relevant uh, in the future so that they can assess if there is going to be any sort of impact because of all of those requirements. So that's why the current state of business is super critical as well. And that's number three. Number two on our list is current and future systems. The mistakes that some of the companies do is they are going to look at this just from ERP perspective and they are going to feel that, you know what, I am replacing an ERP, I'm getting a new So everything is going to be just one. But for the most part, most companies are going to have different systems in the architecture. Interaction flow typically drives the integration architecture, the reconciliation. So you have to include all of the current and future systems that is going to give them insight whether you are approaching this in the right direction or not, whether their product is going to be right fit or not. And this is going to provide them the complete system view overall. So current and future systems are critical for the RFP and that's number two. Number one on our list is the critical success factors and critical success factors are critical 
because uh, they are make or break for your implementation, but they also drive your selection process. If you are going to have too many critical success factors, then for the most part, you might not have enough time during the demos to dig into the factors that matter most. For the most part, you don't want to have too many critical factors, but you also don't want to have too few uh, critical success factors. In a given project, in an ERP project, you are probably going to have 300 different requirements that you are betting. Um, you are going to have needs from many different uh, departments. You are going to have competing priorities. And sometimes uh, it might be harder to include everybody's interest to create the critical success factors that is going to work for everybody. That's a huge challenge for most companies. But for the most part, these critical success factors are going to be from the implementation perspective. Yes, the needs are going to be critical as well. But the first thing that you are making sure is the implementation is going to work. You are going to go live. After that, whatever else you get is obviously nice to have. But the first thing that from the critical success factors, what is really critical is that, you know, the state of the implementation, the integrity of the implementation. So this is going to drive your demo because you are going to have only few hours during the demo. If you have too many critical success factors, then you will not be able to touch on them. This drives the RFP selection. This drives the ERP selection as well. So those are the critical success factors. And that's number one. If you enjoyed this video, we also have an audio form WBS rocks on Apple, Google and Spotify. So check that out. And uh, if you are interested, hit the subscribe button. We publish these videos on a weekly basis. So you might want to hit the subscribe button on YouTube. We are also going to include a detailed article that is going to have in-depth analysis. Uh, so check that out. Also, if you have not checked our digital transformation report for 2023, we are going to include the link. So you may want to check that on that note. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.